Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. For uh, I intro uh, myself, Crystal, are you able to hear me? <laughs> if anyone can hear me. Crystal, can you hear me? All right. I don't know if anyone can hear me right now. Let me see here. Oh, apparently I can hear. Hey, Crystal can hear me. I cannot hear her. Um, Crystal, I just saw your message. Do you want to call back in? Uh, I'll just connect you and call back in. All right. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I thought it was me, but uh, Crystal, if you can hear me, I'm going to disconnect you and you'll call back in. And hopefully for the replay, (laughs) um, I can edit this part out. So I'm just going to ramble for a few seconds. Uh, uh, Kill some time. Fill some time. operation I hear I have here right now. Um, I don't really plan for things to go haywire. So when they do, uh, I don't really have a backup plan. So, but what I'm going to do is the people listening to the show tomorrow, uh, when you do listen, uh, I'm going to edit this part out so I sound like I'm a professional and did this correctly and nothing ever went wrong. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, let me see here. I'm through with my stuff for a minute. All right. Um, Hello? Oh, there you are. There we are. (laughs) I was wondering, I had been on the air trying to get a hold of you. I thought it was my situation, my stuff. So I tried to switch out my headphones and I tried to switch out my microphone, freaking out until the last minute. But that seems to have worked. I could not hear you, but I'm glad you're back on because I was (laughs) treading water and I don't think I could have lasted an hour well, who's who am I kidding? I can I can talk to myself for an hour. I do it on a daily basis, but <laughs> I'm glad to have you back on here. So what I'm going to do Thank you. is I'm going to edit this. So tomorrow it looks like I did this flawlessly. So I'm going to just start off right with the intro all over and over again. Um, I don't know okay. what's going on tonight, but we're going to try to try to work our way through it. So <laughs> all right. Okay. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of GDP Radio Live right here at GDPRadio.com. My name is Michael D. Mullins, the flawless, the impeccable, the never-make-a-mistake Michael D. Mullins, and I am broadcasting live from the GDP Radio Megaplex right here in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina, where I currently reside. And I took the elevator all the way up, and then I didn't because it didn't work. It was broken because that seems to be the theme of the show today, just broken. So I trudged myself all the way up. All the way up atop the stairs, got to the roof of the DDP Radio Megaplex, and I went to bolt that bolt of lightning all the way up to Canada, but that was broken, too. So I just called Crystal up on my cell phone, and that was broken, too. But suddenly we got a connection, and here we are, live, ddpradio.com. My co-host, the one and the only Crystal Stewart, how are you doing? It's been a day, huh? Things are going south, and we haven't even started. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, like, like I always say, rock bottom can have a basement. Right, exactly. <laughs> How are you? So, oh, I am hanging in there. Um, it's been a crazy week, but I'm glad to talk to you. I'm really not sure what's going on tonight. I know last time we talked, we haven't had confirmation of our guest, but I think nope. we may have someone in the queue. Would that be Jeremy? Yes, might be. All right, let me just pull him up. Uh, let me see who this is. It might be a prank call too, so be prepared to uh, <laughs> to be insulted or something. Uh, hello, is this Jeremy? Hey guys. Yeah. Hi guys. Hi. Hey, Jeremy. how are you, man? Yes. I'm good. Sorry for I'm the good. sorry for the chaos at the top of the show here. It's been it's been nuts. <laughs> so we appreciate you coming no on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's it's an honor. I, I'm a big fan. Oh, very, very oh, so cool, happy. man. Well, I know that Crystal does her due diligence and really goes into the community and finds people who are, are really owning it. Uh, and uh, a lot of people get nominated. People notice, you know, this guy's doing something awesome in the community. This guy's working hard. So the reason you're here is for a reason, because you're crushing it and uh, you're you're standing out to members of the community. So congratulations. That's a huge deal. Um, but first things Thank first, you. I got to ask you where, where we start at all of our, our episodes, we got to get an origin story for every warrior. There's an origin story. What brought you to DDPY and what made you take that initial leap into, uh, you know, trying out the program? Well, um, so I, uh, I knew that that question would be coming and I actually, um, when people ask me about my journey, because you know, for me, somebody who struggled with his weight all my life, I'm 40, um, it, you know, when you start and stop, start and stop, start and stop, um, it's hard to find that, um, you know, sometimes that switch just to go off to to make it last, make it stick. So what's it going to take, right? So my joke is that it took turning 40, getting a divorce, and a damn global pandemic <laughs> to make me decide to lose weight and, and get my start owning my life. Um, so that's how I, I found DDPY and, and why I decided to, to, to start it. Um, so I started DDPY in August of um, 2020. I had been working from home for like three months. Um, I was 445 pounds, I believe, at the time just kind of miserable. Um, I had lost weight pre-COVID, maybe 50 pounds, started going to the gym, another fad situation, and gained that back and then some, you know, with 
the working from home, my wife and I at the time were both working from home. And it was just something where I'm like, I got to do something different. So I, I, I did download the app. I started, I kind of had one foot in, one foot out, so I didn't 100% commit at first. But about a couple of months later, you know, and I had been in a uh, relationship for 15 years, always been heavy, um, that that weighed on my mind a lot, uh, you know, issues with uh, alcohol, things like that. I wasn't very active. It all kind of piled on. Um so I I got to a point because I have um, really bad knees and and feet where I was not immobile, but uh, I didn't do much and you know I didn't go out much I didn't move around much and it, it was just hard everything was hard um, you know simple things getting up and down off the floor was not something that I did um, and at the time it just seemed like. I need to find something that can at least give me this push to get me to a point where I can move around more and, and you know, do some, what I at the time considered regular exercise. So I, uh, the app come out around that time or, you know, was, was much better, I think. And I, I did the free trial and I started out, I started doing the chair workouts. And I would do it three days a week. I started in the, um, you know, the, the rebuild series. So I was in the folding chair. I basically did the workouts. I, I'd start to do them. Uh, I didn't change my diet at first. Um, I'd try to eat and do like a low carb thing through the week and then pretty much blow it on the weekends. But I just wasn't fully committed. And, uh, you know, I, this, uh, even then the switch hadn't fully went off, but I knew that DDPY was something that I could do. Um, I saw that even that little bit changed, started to change things enough to where I at least felt good about myself after the workouts. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I was still eating what I wanted, drinking, all of that kind of stuff to where, again, like I said, I had, like, one foot in the pool and, you know, the rest of my body out of it. Um, I don't think, I think it was about a month and a half in, you know, I didn't have the heart rate monitor, nothing. I, I just didn't take it seriously. And then um, my wife one day just sat me down and said, you know, um, I'm not happy. Um, haven't been. I want to split up. Don't want to work on it. So that was when, like, reality just kind of really, like, punched me in the face. Like, I look back at, at my life for, you know, the last really 15 years and, and just said, you know, I, I've wasted all this time. Here I am. I consider this my rock bottom myself. And I've got to do this for myself because... I'm on my own. You know, I got, you know, great family, great support system. Don't get me wrong. Thank God. Um, but I really was scared um, and, and not so much scared of being alone, but scared of how dependent I was on other people because I was so heavy and so, uh, so miserable. And I felt 
at that point, it's like I can go two ways here. I can either fix this or I can I can crumble. And so I sat down and um, I listened to the um, Dallas's book, Positively Unstoppable, uh, on the, had an Audible membership at the time. And I listened to that book and I'm like, I knew that I could be inspired. I was already inspired by this program, but, you know, after listening to that, listening to suggested meal plans, things like that, the success stories, I'm like, this is something that I can commit myself to a hundred percent and at least do the best that I can at it. Surely it'll help me lose weight. Well, I did that. I cut out gluten and dairy. Um, I eat lean meats, green vegetables, and I started just with the, um, again, with the chair, the rebuild program, um, started with three-day-a-week workouts. I incorporate some walks when I could, even though it was really hard with the bad feet and things like that. And at first, you know, I couldn't even really get up off the chair during the workouts at one point. I definitely couldn't get on the floor. It would hurt to try to do the, like, you know, I, I'm thinking back now because I've, I've come, you know, a long way since then. But um, you, know, you, could, you could try to do the lunges in the chair. I couldn't bend my knees right. It just, it was really um, humiliating at first. But um, I stuck with it. And by now, you know, it was one of those things where, I had to go through that program, and each time I would end one of the 13-week programs, even though I would be so frustrated from a day-to-day perspective, you know, whether it was a um, just not being able to do the certain positions or, or, or not feeling like I'm improving or some days just feeling, you know, I'm sorry, just so shitty compared to other days, I... I kept it up, and every time that this one of those 13-week programs would end, I would find myself saying, you know, I have to do so many modifications. I'm feeling good, but there's no way that I'm going to be able to move on to that next program. But every time I have, I've never repeated one. And now, you know, I started there, and now after a year, I'm about to finish the uh, advanced program my first time through it and and keep in mind like i said knees are shot and um feet are bad but you know they've gotten so much stronger my mobility's increased so much um i've lost 185 pounds since august (laughs) of 2020 and um my i'm almost in my goal weight um now and like I said, I've got uh, two weeks left on the advanced program, and I can't say enough um, how much this has truly changed my life because it. I'm doing things that I've never done. At 40, I'm doing things that I couldn't do at 25. You know, I, I, I just went and – I didn't, you know, go super far or climb a mountain or anything, but I was just um, did some hiking in Red Rock Canyon in Vegas. I did a, a vacation there, and you know, keep in mind, last year I couldn't get up and down off of the toilet without almost pulling the sink out of the wall. You know what I mean? I'd have to lean on it so bad, and so 
for somebody who has went through so many years of whether it be depression, um, just being miserable with myself uh, for so long, even though sometimes I didn't realize it, uh, where I'm at now is so much better of a place. And it's, you know, it's all me. I've done this. It's hard work. I'm proud of myself. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think if I would have wouldn't have found this program, I never would have been able to do this at all. And I especially wouldn't have been able to do it this this fast and bring my body back the way that I have. I'm wow. so proud of you. Thank you so much. That's a, no congratulations, man. That's that's incredible. You know, you, you touched on something there, and I want to hit on that real quick. You know, you were in pretty rough shape. Um, I it was at a point where I had a couple hundred pounds I needed to lose at, at various points in my life. And when you get that way and you're in so much pain, you know, it's easy for somebody who's a couple pounds overweight, whose, you know, body's fine, to just hop on a treadmill and try to change their lives. But when you physically can't right. get yourself to your feet, that possibility is so daunting, you don't even know where to start. And I bet there's a lot of people out there that just not knowing where to start is really just intimidating. And to hear someone like you just uh, who's been there and had success with it and, you know, put it as I could barely lift myself up with a sink from in the bathroom. Like that's inspiring to people because sometimes the unknown is the most terrifying part of it. And when you have that kind of, you know, let's call it what is it? It's a disability, you know, it disables yeah. your life, you know, it, it, and when you have that, some people just, the, the act of standing up is difficult, let alone starting a workout. Right, right. No, you're right, Mike. Um, you use the word daunting, and that's exactly what it is, because I think when you get to that point, or at least for me, I really felt like um, most things were a lost cause, because I knew that, I, in my mind, I would have to go so far to just have any kind of normal lifestyle from a physical standpoint that, you know, I didn't try, you know, and it was, I even, I, when I started this, uh, I uh, was about a month in and I had to have a, oh, I had a toe that was messed up and I had to have surgery on that. So I had some recovery time. And because I'd failed so many times at other attempts, I thought, okay, this is it. This is what's going to screw me over. I'm going to stop doing the chair workouts for a couple weeks while this toe's healing up, and I bet I won't get back into it. So I started even then. I did the bed flex workouts, you know, after a day or so. And, and I mean, you know, after you've had a a surgery, and, and, you know, Crystal, I don't know if you – I know you've had – some surgeries and whatnot recently when you try to yep. bounce back you know um and again obviously my that surgery i said was obviously much more minor so i'm not comparing the two but when you try to bounce back from something so much of the mental crap that oh. you put yourself through first before you can just do it is is also daunting so Absolutely. i'm so glad that that and, and that's why, you know, when people say that DDPY meets you where you are, it totally does. And that's what it did at, at that point for me. But, yeah, you're right, Mike, completely daunting. I mean, it, it's one of those things that, and you're right, I had abdominal surgery just recently. So 
it's been a huge issue to get over. And what I realized while I was still in the hospital that um, feeling I was feeling was that my rock bottom wasn't the absolute lowest because apparently my rock bottom in my mind had a basement and it just, everything felt really hard. And when I, when I read your story, Jeremy, there is so much of your story that hit me sideways that, you know, yeah, it just, I resonated with it. I could see it. I could understand it. And yeah, I mean, I have been so down because when somebody pulls the rug out from under you on any level, you have to make a real conscious decision to get back up and for everyone that's not easy yeah I I agree and and I feel like you know I've had that issue come up so many times where I've had to bounce back from something and what's sad about that is you know I look back and a lot of that was self-inflicted you know what I mean? Yeah. I hate that that situation happened with my wife, but I look back on the 15 years that we were together and just how freaking miserable I was with myself looking back and, you know, what that must have been like to be, to be with a person like me. Now, you know, I, I don't, you know, anybody that's dealt with divorce or separation or relationships in general know that um, both parties are usually, you know, are going to have their flaws, and that was the case here. But I think what I put and what I had wrote you, Crystal, I, I think I said something to the effect of I don't blame myself 100%, yep. but I 100, 100% own my contribution to, to what happened. Yep. And, and you yep. know, good with it now, and it's it's changed me. But, um, you know, I was a miserable person. I I I, I threw myself into my work. I have a sit-down job um, and a good job. Luckily, I was always able to do that, but I would go home and I would drink. I would smoke marijuana nonstop. Um, And, you know, that's a thing, too, something like that. Like, I'm a very um, liberal guy. I think that um, marijuana is a good thing for some people. Uh, It's just like anything else. There's certain things that certain people just shouldn't do. That was it for me because in looking back, that made me feel worse. It cut any motivation that I would have when I would start to try to diet or lose weight. And then, you know, it was more of a self-medication thing that that really, really bottomed me out. And that was years of that. And I look back at, at the kind of person that I was to be around for so long. And I look back on it now that, you know, that I'm maintaining my relationships better and trying to rebuild them and, and um, or just reach out to people more. Sometimes I sit back and think, like, how the hell did anybody still manage to like me during that time period? Well, it, it does. It takes a lot of reflection, like self-reflection to kind of get to that point, too, because, you know, when you're hurting so bad and when you're so miserable – you know you're miserable and hurting and you're trying to hide it from the world so you get defensive and you point the blame and things. But once you really start to recover from that and have some time for reflection and realize things, like you really have, uh, you know, a little bit of empathy for how others were, you know, perceived by you. 
And I know I've been through that myself. And when you have all this time for self-reflection with the, the quarantine and everything like that, you've got a lot of time to sit and think about things. It's a good thing right. and it's a bad thing. It's a, it's a double-edged sword and it's it's growth, but it's also hurtful to kind of realize that. Like it's it's a bummer and it, it kind of sucks when you realize that. But ultimately, that pain on the other side of it is better relationships and better understanding of yourself. And I think that's that's as big of a, a change in growth as the weight loss and the, you know, getting healthy as can be. Because most of the time you love people in your life, you just haven't treated them well. I have a, a saying that I always give a blanket apology to anybody I knew under thir- before I was 30 because <laughs> I was just a jerk. <laughs> So and I cringe back and I think about that and I think how arrogant I was and how and how I thought everyone thought I was the coolest guy in the world and they just thought I was an asshole. <laughs> so you see yeah. yourself differently when you change and it, it's a, it's a growth process. It's not easy, but it's worth it. That's so funny that you describe it that way because that's the exact same way that I feel. I was I was so arrogant. I was so I, I talk about being so miserable, but yeah, I was so arrogant and so cocky with people and just uh, not physically aggressive, but, you know, I work in the, in the corporate America in the business world. And, you know, I was very aggressive verbally with people and, and just uh, in a way that one, I wasn't raised to be that way. And I wasn't, um, you know, I, I was never treated that way. So I don't know why it come out that way. And I don't even, wouldn't even call it a defense mechanism. It's just almost this older ego I built up because I was so insecure about, you know, my physical appearance that I thought that would be what kind of made me stand out in the world or make my mark. And yeah, as it, I, I, all I did managed to be an asshole. I, I always say I was I somehow managed to have an uh, be an egomaniac and have an inferiority complex all at the same time. <laughs> totally. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And but well, Jeremy, you know, when I was sorry, when I was in Georgia and I was flying back, I came up with this saying, and the saying was DDP yoga. It's not about the size of your ass; it's about getting your head out of it. It, absolutely, I've heard I've heard that uh, quote of yours, and I use it all the time because yeah. you know, with with success, um, you know, it's still the daily struggle. So there's some day, days that I got to remind myself to get my head out of my ass that particular day. Yeah, because when you um, what so. What a lot of people don't know, my dad is a psychologist, so I get subjected to all kinds of nonsense and all kinds of questions. And one of the questions is, is do you believe in the greater good of you? And boy, oh boy, let me tell you, I have really had to stop and think about that. Because no matter how far you go down the rabbit hole, I mean, eventually you're going to have to come out of it. And if you're lucky, you will. And this is what I see in your story is that, you know, you fell down and you fell down repeatedly and you were very honest about that. But the greatest part of this story is you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and you got work and look at you now. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I, I appreciate it. I, and, and I, I feel the same way. I said many times that, you know, I, 
through all of the, I was talking about my job earlier, and somehow I managed to still do well at work, even though other things were so bad. And, and, you know, I I look at it it now, and it's like everything, I want to say everything is good. You know, it's unrealistic. There's, you know, bad stuff happens to us every day. But my outlook on everything is so much different. And when you can remove that element or of doubt and hopelessness from your mind on the way that you approach things, it, it makes you do everything better, or it has made me do everything better and feel better about the way that I do it, whether it's, you know, in the way I talk to people, the way I start my day, any of that. And And I cannot believe still how much of all this – you know, when people go to lose weight, I think they talk about think about how hard it is physically to do workouts or maintain a routine. But so much of this is mental and talking yourself yeah. into the right space to just, you know, get on the, in this case, get on the mat every day. There's days that I will scroll through Instagram or Facebook a hundred times after I put my, you know, after I take my shoes and socks off because it's time to do my workout. So if I'm going to start my workout at 11 in my head, I'll sit on the edge of the bed and scroll through social media for 20 minutes because, I mean, I don't want to get on that damn mat. But, you know, I think you said on one time on the show, Crystal, I remember, I think you said even when you're at those points where you don't feel like doing a damn thing, you always make yourself at least get on there and say you're going to start the workout, and then if you don't want to finish it, you won't. Well, Okay. There's a five-minute rule in this house for that. So I make a a rule with myself in the dungeon. You've got five minutes. If you don't want to do it after five minutes, then maybe, you know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe you're not meant to do it today. But I am telling you, like I'm telling you, like I'm telling you, if I start once and I'm five minutes into it, you can bet that I'm not going to quit. Count on one hand how many times I've stopped. Right, right. And that's, I had heard you say that a while back and, and that's the exact same way that it is, and that, that that's what I'll do too. And sometimes it's easy for that kind of um, self, you know, criticism to come in because it's like, you know, you worked this hard, you've come this far, and now yeah. all of a sudden you don't like doing this particular workout today. But you know, yeah, that, if you can get through that five minutes, uh, you're going to most likely um, tough it out. And it, it, it's funny because it seems like when I start a, a new program of, of DDPY, I do better. I don't want to say overall I do better, but, um, you know, I'll be nervous about doing a workout for the first time because I always think everything's too advanced for me, right? So I think I go into that with the mentality, like, all I'm going to do is finish this workout. I know I'm not going to be able to do everything. I know I'm going to fail at a, a lot of this stuff. I end up having the best workouts that way because my mind is so relaxed going into it. And, you know, I, I, I can flow better. You know, after a while you get to a point where it's like, okay, now you're being overly critical of yourself because you're further along in the program. And, you know, I, I, this is for me. I don't know that it's for everybody. I've always kind of been my biggest 
my own biggest critic, but it's, you know, it's like back to the getting your head out of your ass thing. It's like, yeah. you know, you got to get out of your head sometimes and just, and just get on there and try. And it, um, so, it's perfect. I no, have a, a, I have a sign down in the dungeon and it says basically, and I see it all the time and it just basically says, have you told your inner Karen to shut up today? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I have to, sometimes I just need to say like in a loop in my head, okay, I'm doing this. I don't care what comes at me and I don't care how much my inner Karen is screaming. She can sit down until I'm done. And <laughs> once you make that deal with yourself, it's really hard to break because you've already you've already committed to do it. Yeah. So are yeah. you willing to let yourself down so much by saying, Yeah, I don't think so. No, I'm not into it today. Yeah, no, you get your butt on that mat and you just do right. it. Because right. I'm not willing, right? I'm not the type of person, all things considered, to let my inner Karen ever win. Ever. And if someone tells me I can't do something, I do it. Yeah. 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 That, that inner care, and that's hilarious. I, yeah. I, <laughs> but that's, that's absolutely right. And and some days it'll be ugly, right? But you got yeah. on there. Like, you know, some days your body just doesn't want to respond the way that it did, did before. You know, you're tipping over doing lunges and stuff like that, or I can't. Yeah, something something stupid. It's like, well, I nailed this yesterday. Why did I suck at it today? But you know, the the good days outnumber the those bad ones. There really is a psychosis that really is a shift when you're in the funk and when you're out and working on yourself. It's it's a real shift. Uh, I I know we liken a lot of times we uh, liken food addiction and just like this you know laziness or whatever to, to addiction. We we do that all the time. But something really to be said of of the switch um, that uh, comes over you. We uh, my wife and I went away on vacation to to meet my nephew uh, my niece. Uh, a couple weeks ago and while you're on the road we just we did road eating and we were just so sick of it and we got back home and the first couple days after road eating trying to like you know you know reel it in a little bit it's almost like a detox it's almost like a withdrawal process and you Mm -hmm. realize after you get over that hump and you start kind of getting in the motion of eating better again you realize it's not as hard to be healthy it's easier because you in the in the funk, you're fighting so hard to stay in the funk, and I don't know why I do that, but I fight so hard to maintain my level of laziness and, and eating, and it's harder, and I feel worse, and I sleep worse, and I just feel disgusting all the time, and I'm out of breath. And then you realize when you start cleaning that up and eating better and feeling better how long you were fighting to stay in the funk, and it's a real – psychosis that you play with yourself inside of your head, you know, trying to convince yourself to do the thing that's worse for you, that feels worse, that makes your life worse, and you're working so hard to be in there. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know, I, that, that makes me think about when I first started and I, I started and I cut out the, the, the gluten and the dairy and started eating the, the way that I do now, I made a list of cheat meals that I wanted to have 
at after I hit my goal weight or when I get to the end of the year, you know, the end of 2020, you know, I'm going to eat a pizza or whatever. But when you really start to eat healthy and I've heard people say this before. I always thought it was bullshit when I wasn't doing it. But, now, you know, now that I that I eat this way, I don't want to eat those things. Yeah. You know, I haven't hit fast food in a year. I don't. I, it grosses me out to think about it. Because I, I, you get used to that feeling of, of feeling, you know, clean. And so those dates came and went, and I never ate those cheat meals. Now, um, I find myself if I – not I don't ever cheat, but I, I like to use the word splurge, right? So maybe I eat a bigger helping when I'm out. Maybe I eat a you know the biggest freaking steak on the menu, but I don't eat the mashed potatoes and and you know boiling onions, whatever, what have you. Um, and and so you get in the habit of eating healthy, and then when you do eat something crappy, I feel like you're more likely to to get back on the horse because it probably hurt you so bad. It takes three weeks to build a Rolls Royce. It takes 13 hours to build a Toyota. Just saying. (laughs) That makes total sense. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, what you... Oh, sorry, Mike. What you put in... um, definitely matters. I mean, it definitely matters. Not even physically only. I mean, there's the mental aspect of food, the psychological aspect of what you're putting in. Because only you, and here's the payoff, only you know how bad something makes you feel. Right. Right? Right. Absolutely. Uh, Crystal, I'm having uh, a little trouble hearing you on your end. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if it sounds muffled to you because it might be my system. I'm screwed up over here, but I don't know. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to hear on your end, yeah, Crystal. I, I'm able to hear. Right. I, I do notice the muffledness a little bit, but I, I can make out what she's saying. Okay, well, I'm, I'm deaf to begin know. with. <laughs> I, I spent 30 <laughs> exactly. No, I, I spent 40 years working in rock concerts in front of speakers, so I can't hear for crap to begin with. So don't take my word on anything. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, I I think that's uh, awesome, though, by the way. I've heard you say that before, and I'm I'm such a big music guy. So um, I bet you got some amazing stories, man. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. We'll, we'll have to talk sometime. I'm a real big music nerd. So, yeah, I've, 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 yeah. Uh, I've worked... Worked a lot of cool, cool bands and stuff, so that'd be cool. Maybe we can all get down to uh, the performance center one of these days when the world kind of writes itself. And, and uh... oh my God, yeah, I, that, that's I've got to. I mean, I, I, I so bad. There's so many people I want to meet too. I mean, of course I want to <laughs> meet Dallas. You know what I mean? It, 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 I'm not saying that's possible if I go down there, but I, I want to definitely go down. You know, some of the you, 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 this truly is a community. I didn't get on the um, Facebook group until till recently because I just I'm not a big social media guys on Instagram and things like that. And then finally, I created a, a Facebook page just so I could get on the DDP Facebook group. And my God, you hear people talk about the love and support you get on there, um, but it. It is unbelievable how many people that, you know, 
um, cheer you on or how many people that I've commented on and they've come back and said, you know, thanks so much that, that helped me out. Um, which, you know, you go into this, you know, like me, you look at, you also look on there and see that there's a ton of people. Yeah. I've had tremendous success. I'm proud of myself, but, um, I don't really feel like I stand out, um, compared to a lot of the people on there, um, that are doing every bit of what I've done. They may have had more issues to deal with. Um, and everybody's so positive. So yeah, I'd love, I got to get to the performance center. I want to do one of the DDP, uh, retreats the next time they do them. I I think it'd be awesome. Uh, Absolutely. Where where are you located? Uh, I saw, is it a Massachusetts number? I'm originally from up there. That's why I was curious. Uh, it is a Massachusetts number, but I'm in Ohio. So I lived in Boston for five years. Um, when my, uh, yeah, when my wife and I first got together, um, we lived up in Boston, the Boston area, for, uh, like I said, about five years. But I grew up in southeastern Ohio, and um, I've been back in Ohio since uh, 2008, so about an hour southeast of Columbus, Ohio. Awesome. I'm originally from uh, Needham, Mass., but uh, we, used to, I just, we took a road trip to uh, around Columbus a few times in my youth, the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stuff. And all that kind of stuff. So I, I love that area out there. Beautiful country. Yeah, yeah, it's a it, it's a nice place. I do miss um, I miss Boston a lot. I don't miss the winters. Um, the winters <laughs> suck here That's too. That's why we laugh. But yeah, I lived in Quincy. Lived in Quincy, Mass. When I lived there, and oh, yeah. worked in worked in the um, the seaport area. So. Oh yeah, I, I have a, quite a few friends who work out there. So that's very cool, man. Yeah, small world. But uh, yeah, I love I yeah. love I love New England. I'll always love New England. But man, those winters I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But so you know, all of a sudden you find your life kind of changing a little bit. You've you've lost weight. You're you're more mobile. You're able to kind of like be human again because it really does rob your humanity when you start deteriorating physically. Um, and you find yourself, you know, being able to do more things and maybe re-enter the world. Has there been anything in particular that you've that you've kind of done that you've realized, oh my God, I can do this now. This wouldn't have been possible before. And has it opened you up to even new experiences that you hadn't done? Yeah, hundred percent. So um, I've got tons of answers for that question, but the one I'm going to start with is just fly. I can fly. I've, I, I've I've been able to get on I was able to get on a plane in June I flew for the first time on an airplane in over 10 years because I was just so big there was no way that I you know and I I could get on there I I bought an extra seat just because I was paranoid that I would still be so too big at that point in time I didn't need it so it was you know it was an amazing feeling when that plane was taken off and I'm buckled in no extender um it, it, it hit me, you know, I was in tears taking off, you know, that, that's when I, that's when out of all the successes, that's when um, it hit me the most, like, damn, man, look at you, you did this and um, now your life's going to change. So since then I've flown like three times. Um, I just took a trip Vegas um, by myself. That was like my big celebration trip. It was supposed to be, Hawaii, but um, I had to cancel that since, you know, at the time the um, COVID cases were so high and there were really a lot of restrictions over there. 
But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm walking down the strip in Vegas, and I walked, like, I finally looked at it after a while, and I walked, like, three and a half, between three and a half and four miles, and I wasn't sweaty. I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't out of breath. I was taking in the sights and all that. I wouldn't have been able to leave my hotel before. So th- those are things that um, are minor to a lot of people but were absolutely huge for me. And I had the confidence to take that trip myself and enjoy it myself and just be good to, to do whatever I wanted and, and not have any concerns about, well, I'll be able to get around. You know, those types of things. I love it. So that was huge for I me. Love beautiful. I love it. That's beautiful. You know, there's no more uh, colder reality uh, than, you know, getting on a plane when you're in that condition. I found that a couple years ago. Things went down south. I got really bad health problem. Put on a shit ton of weight in a really quick period of time and, one of my breaking points was getting on, you know, JetBlue, getting on the flight and getting in the seat and realizing I had to tuck my legs all the way into the seat and I was out of breath and I was sweaty. And I'm not the kind of yeah. guy who's outwardly emotional. Like, I just, I keep everything close to the chest. I grew up in, from a Catholic family from Boston, an Irish Catholic from Boston. So we just keep everything oh, yeah. inside. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, you know, I get there and, and it was one of those moments that, like, I just started to, like, cheer up to myself because it was just one of those things. It was so humiliating. And I realized that I let myself go again. And, you know, going back for my brother's wedding and then going back recently up to new New England and being able to go on there and realizing that I'm not panting in the seat next to me and I'm not spilling over to the person next to me. It really affects you on a level. And I'm not the type to get embarrassed. If I'm, I was fat my whole weight, uh, my life. I use that to my advantage. I gained friends probably because of it. But for some reason, getting on that plane was the most humiliating experience of my life. And really was one of those moments that, that I appreciated when I was able to take that flight again uh, comfortably. And it's, it was a groundbreaker. I don't know what it is, but there's something raw and humiliating about walking down that tube and realizing you're sweating over everybody and spilling over on yeah. everybody and just trying to cram yourself in. It really is humbling. Well, and I don't know if you ever experienced this, Mike. You were, you know, you sound like you were were a big guy like me at one point. I, um, how many times did you judge whether you wanted to eat at a restaurant or not by whether you'd be able to fit in the chair? Did you ever have to go through that? I, I, oh, I enjoy I enjoy being able to go in any place I want now and just assume that I'm going to fit in the chair. That's a great feeling. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's so true. And, you know, I put on more weight at, at one point. So I was always big, but I didn't have to worry about that kind of stuff until I did. And then it crept on me unexpectedly because I still, in my head, I thought of myself a certain size. And when I put on weight real quickly, it led to a lot of situations where I'm like, I physically can't get in a booth and I physically can't. I'm like doing a, uh, like a, a squat yeah. while I'm sitting the whole meal. And it really is. Yeah. It's, it's, it makes it makes everything difficult, and it makes your life just torture. You know, it's really difficult. And the social aspect, people don't really think about it. They think of the clothes. They think about, but it's an uncomfortable life. You know, everything oh, becomes God. uncomfortable. Yeah. And you said it. It's it's truly humiliating because you know most people. I like to think that there's a lot of good in this world, and most people are good. But even when you have a good person who doesn't struggle with their weight, 
a lot of times you can read on their face that they're looking at you and there it may it may be pity it may be concern it may be you know disgust who knows but you can feel those looks and um i like to think that you know a lot of times that might have just been me being so self-conscious that i thought people were looking at me while i'm embarrassed because i can't fit in the chair or, or whatever but i don't see those looks anymore for whatever reason and and that is a priceless freaking feeling, uh, you know, because the heavier you get, the more miserable you get, and the more insecure you get, you think everybody is staring at you, man. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, with with bad intentions. They're probably not, but in my mind, I thought that, and I don't have that hanging over me now. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. I mean, you said it right, man. And I think your story is incredible because – you said at the top of the broadcast that you had a feeling of hopelessness and out of everything, I think hopelessness is probably the most damaging state you can be in. Uh, Cause I, there were points in my life where I knew I was, I had been vastly overweight, but I always knew that I could pull myself out of it. But when you get to that point of hopelessness, you stop caring about pulling yourself out of it. You yeah. stop, you stop finding yourself worth it. You stop, and almost becomes, you know, you become apathetic. You don't like want to die, but you don't necessarily want to live. You just want to take whatever comes to you. And that's a real yeah, dangerous place to be. Yeah, and you get for having some comfortable just existing. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, and I've told this story on my show. One of, uh, you know, when I had my really big health scare, like a couple of years ago, and you know, I almost kicked the bucket. I had bilateral pneumonia, bilateral blood clots and, I couldn't even stand oh, up and I had been put, putting off the hospital for a while and my wife finally made me go. But there were times when I just, I, I'm, I'm okay, you know, push her off, push her off. And one of the times I realized I'm laying there and I'm like, I can't breathe. And my first thought was I got to get to the door to deadbolt it so she doesn't walk in and find me dead because that would be mess her up. And I didn't think to call the police. I didn't think to call an ambulance. My thing was to save face with my wife and not put her through that by deadbolting the door. So she couldn't just walk in and find me. And that's a place where like, wow. I realized that like, I don't even care about me anymore. And that's a really scary place to be. But yeah, even in the depths of how ugly and gross and that feels and how that is, place where you can pull it back and you can realize that you're worth it and you realize that you can fight it. And to see that you've kind of been where I've been and I relate so much to your story and see you, you pull yourself out of it and the fact that I pulled myself out of it it should be a real wake-up call to a lot of people that just because you're in the darkest place you can be doesn't mean that you're there forever. You know, keep fighting. You're worth it. Yeah, I I, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, usually when somebody will have success with something, they'll say, well, you know, if I can do it, anybody can. But when it comes to this and this program, if I can do it and have this amount of success than anybody definitely can because and I mean that more so from a mental standpoint than any other because just to know that I'm at a place where I can stick to something and do it almost every day and know that I just have to do it you know I I want to do it but um, it's my routine now and you know I always think those times we talked about earlier about when I'm scrolling through social media because I don't want to get on the mat, I know that I'm going to get on that. I I always know that I'm going to get on there. But um, 
sometimes it annoys me that I don't just jump straight out of bed and go straight to the, the yoga mat, but I'm not shooting for perfection either. I, I want to, um, I'm just glad to be in a place where I can hold myself accountable and feel good about myself, about what I've accomplished at the end of the day, because there were years that went by that I woke up feeling like a piece of shit and I went to bed feeling that same way. Yeah. And then I put up, put up this front for everybody else that I was this happy-go-lucky, funny guy that didn't mind that he was huge, you know, and that's not, not what the case was. Yeah, and well, I mean, it, it just, I have this saying that is, I have a lot of them apparently, but um, you can't get off your, you can't get on your feet until you get off your ass. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that was, and I mean, that was, that was very true. Yeah, it's one of the most motivating things that'll fire me up all the time. And it's always in my brain. So if someone says, well, no, you can't be doing that. Yeah, well, I don't think so. If you think I'm just going to sit here and rot away, yeah, you got another thing coming. <laughs> and I mean, it's as much as a mental thing as it is a physical thing. And I think a lot of people don't really realize that, that you just hit the mat and you do the workouts and, you know, Bob's your uncle and, you know, everything will be perfect. No, 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 no. Because if you have an, a, a mental roadblock, that's going to be really hard. It's not impossible, but you do have to deal with it. Yeah. And, and you, you got to deal with it. You got to figure out ways to um, motivate yourself. But I yep. also feel like what I've learned in this past year, um, whether it's with diet and exercise, whether you, you do DDPY or not, is knowing when um, it's okay to lean on people for sure. for support. Like I said, you know, my family's been great. But joining this this Facebook group and the community, well, and then listening listening to this show, I don't know how many times that I've listened to episodes of your show, and I've had a shitty week um, when it comes to my workouts or, or whatever, and I might have not felt the hopelessness coming back, but thinking, you know, this might be all the better it gets for me, whether it's being able to do a certain position or, or um, something like that. And somebody will come on here, and they'll share a story, and I'm like, holy shit, that's the exact same problem that I'm having, and look at how well it worked out for them. You know, it's it's amazing. You had a guest on, and I absolutely love seeing his post, uh, Matthew uh, Wilner. Yeah, just an amazing dude. I've reached out to him a couple times on um, the the, the Facebook group and looked at his post, and it was just little things. I saw him getting down into – uh, he showed his, the progression of how how low he could get, um, you know, squatting down. And I just happened to see that, you know, he was favoring, I think, his right leg. So he was kind of going down with the left leg first and then bringing the other one down to meet it. And, and, you know, I get frustrated even still today that I cannot squat down very far because my right knee is so messed up. And just that little thing, I said, you know, it's amazing. I, I watched you do that. And I saw that, you know, you were able to get so much lower to the ground um, because you were okay with leaning one way, you know, going further with one knee than the other. Where, and, you know, in my mind, I was trying to stay, um, keep them 
at the same level and go down. So that's a specific example, but my point is seeing somebody else do something like that and seeing how they got to uh, just that little bit of success in one position helps keep you motivated to keep going yep. because really amaze yourself with how far you can come with this program. I, I It's amazing to me every day. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, man. And we appreciate you coming on, you know, every week I, I don't want to do anything until I have to do it. Like I, everything <laughs> is a burden to me until I get here. I could have a private Bruce. I could have a private audience of, for Bruce Springsteen. Like just, he's playing for me and I'll dread having to go until I get there. <laughs> and every week I'm, you know, towards the end of the week, like when we're having the show, I'm just kind of burst and I'm like, ah, I, we got to go get the show now, you know, get up and do it. And then every single time without a miss, I dread coming in here and I leave inspired and buzzing every single night. And that's, I really <laughs> depend on this show to kind of top off my, my motivation and my inspiration and my kind of humanity every week. And it's such a pleasure to have people like you come on and inspire and fill the tank for me because uh, you have uh, an incredible story and I think you're you. going to do incredible things with it. And I appreciate you coming on. I'd love to have you back on sometime to give us a follow-up. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And I, I, I'm absolutely honored. I, I, I was so excited um, when I first talked to Crystal about this to do this. Um, it, it's uh, – this is – my life has totally been changed, you know. And like I said, of course, I feel like my story's special, but there's so many special stories of, of success with, with this program. And, you know, so if I can inspire anybody, that's great. I thank everybody that inspires me every day on, on that Facebook page or just the, in the community in general. It's, it's, it, it, I need it for sure. And, and if my story can help somebody, then I'm glad to share. And, and that's the, uh, that's the price we all pay here. We all get inspired and we all give it back. You know, we give it back to the next generation and the people coming in. And it's so cool that so many people are now in this program because uh, you can almost indefinitely find somebody to relate to out there in the GDPY universe. I don't really know uh, another place where there's so many different people from so many different walks of life all coming together under the same banner and truly rooting for each other. And that's a beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, I we agree. appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, we wrap up every show with uh, the Canadian quote master herself. So she's going to go downstairs and, and, and rip a quote from one of the hardworking people she has working 24 hours a day down at the dungeon coming up with quotes for DDP radio, no food, no pay, no drink, freezing yep. in the cold dungeon of Canada. And <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get a quote. Absolutely. So this week's quote, I have no idea who wrote it. It was just something I came across. So, um, but it applies to this show really, really well. Um, feeling yourself can be offensive to people that benefit from your brokenness. And, and by I the way, it. I wrote that it's quote. Awesome. When, whenever the, whenever there's an unknown quote, I claim it. <laughs> That's by great. Mike uh, <laughs> by Mike Mullen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to go through all of history works and all the unknowns. Just write my name under it. There we go. So, <laughs> thank you guys so much. It's been a great Thank episode. You. Thank you. Sorry about the, the mess up at the beginning there. It, it ain't perfect, but like I said, it's worth it. We'll see you guys soon. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you, Jeremy, so much for taking the time. Thank you, Crystal, for thawing yourself out long Thank enough you, to uh, 
come on and do an hour with us, and we'll see you guys soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Checked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The powerbomb set up by Page. Oh! He's in the diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond cutter out of the powerbomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a Blog Talk Radio.